Denver Sports Station 1043 The Band presents Schlereth and Evans. Troy Rank of Denver 7 joins us, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Good morning, Troy. Morning, guys. How are you? Uh, doing great, Troy. But let me just tell you right now don't even start with us because this is not our hump. I'm just going to let you know right now, it's not my hump. So, dude, that's great. I mean, I, I know you've got very thick skin, but... I thought that was awesome. Uh, but I, I, what what is the, what is the confrontation with uh, Sean Payton like? Yeah, I mean, listen, as a reporter, you never try to be part of the story. I, what was odd about it is that, you know, Sean has distanced himself from, like, the history of the Broncos that doesn't apply to him directly. I kind of understand that, uh, even though you inherit it when you take over. But he wasn't letting me finish my question. The 10 blown halftime leads, it's not a historical question. It only goes back to 2021 with Fangio hacking at him. Three of the 10 leads came under his watch all at home this year. So that was the question. Like, hey, you've taught, he's essentially talked to us about, you know, you got to learn not to lose before you learn to win. And they finally won a game, and it looked like they were going to lose that one as well. So, listen. He, he's, he's confrontational. It's who he is. I've seen it from the preseason to now. It, it, I don't take it personally. I just was surprised he didn't think it applied to him because of the fact three of those losses and blown halftime leads had come on his watch. It wasn't our home. Where, where do you think that combativeness uh, comes from? Is it, is, is he, are we, should we be, happy that he reacts that way because he, here's a guy who was brought here with the understanding of trying to change the culture, the way that things have been done around here, the way that things have been thought about around here. So do you want a guy that's out there and loud and brash and combative saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't care what happened here before? Well, in, in some ways, yes. It's his personality. I mean, it's not like he, he stepped out of character uh, in that response. It's just sometimes it's the way he defines things don't it doesn't necessarily make sense statistically or you know what has gone on in front of our own eyes. He sees it in his own way. He wants to address it in his own way. It applies he applies it in ways that you know he sees fit, and he's very determined that way. He's very confident in you know his program and how they're doing things. And I do like the fact that he's a perfectionist. He's not satisfied. You know, they win a game and, you know, he knows it was an ugly win. So those things are characteristics of people who, you know, do great things or good things. But as the head coach, sometimes you have to understand, you know, at least when you're dealing with the media, he doesn't have to understand it. I'm just saying when you're dealing with the media, these questions apply to the franchise, they apply to the team. And a lot of these players had gone through this. Again, that wasn't like the streak dated back to 1970. It went to 2021. There were still a number of players on this roster who've been part of these blown halftime leads. But listen, Sean, I've said this from the beginning. Sean Payton's not for everyone. You know, he's tough to work with. He's tough to cover at times. I don't take it personally at all. His job is to change this culture and to get this thing back on the tracks, and he's going to do it his way. I respect that. It's just there's times when he does it his way. It's different than when most of us are used to. Even Coach Shanahan I covered. He can be combative at times, but not typically like that. But listen, this is it's his style, and we'll see if it all plays out and works out for him. Uh, the Broncos obviously denying that uh, they are actively 
trying to trade people, but the phones are open. What, what's your sense in covering this team uh, of what's going to transpire during the trade deadline? Will we see guys moved, or is this just one of, being one of those things where uh, there's not enough value out there for the players that we have? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question is what is the value of the players? They, they want to move a few players to get draft capital. There's no doubt about that. Because Greg Penner has said, dating back to March at the owners' meetings, they're not going to lead the world in spending every offseason. That's not the game plan. It's not the blueprint. So how do you build? You have to build through draft and development, and you have to have picks. But when people ask me, why haven't they traded so-and-so and so-and-so? Well, let's look, for instance, I thought the Eagles might make a run at Justin Simmons. I know they had some interest in him. Well, they get Kevin Bird from you know the Titans for a fifth and a sixth. You're not probably going to trade Simmons for a fifth and a sixth. That's not building draft capital. Just collecting sixth and seventh round picks isn't the purpose here. Because a lot of those sixth and seventh round picks don't make your team or they're inactive on game day. You're trying to get third, you know, second, third, fourth rounders. That's kind of the guts of your football team. So I still think a couple guys are going to move. Even if they were to win, I do believe it's just like with Chubb last year, Bradley, they beat Jacksonville in London. They still moved him. And his was a little more complicated because it related to his contract that they didn't want to give him a new deal. But would I be surprised if, you know, they try to move Simmons, they try to move a jewel, they try to move between Sutton and or uh, uh, Jerry Judy. You know, it just feels like two players are going to move, but Mark, you're right. They have to have the value. They're not going to just give them away. That doesn't make a lot of sense when the entire purpose of this is to collect draft capital to hit the reset button. So you're trying to get the best deal. And Pat Sertan won't be one. If you're going to entertain that and they're not, and you listen on everybody, but that's an off-season move for me where all the teams are involved. Right now at the deadline, it's pretty much buyers or teams that are trying to contend and get to the playoffs or win a Super Bowl. So you don't want to narrow a market a great player and they're not entertaining moving him right now but it does come down to value and deadline spur action that's tuesday at two i do believe we'll still see a couple trades visit with troy rank troy the reaction among the defensive players this week to the kareem jackson suspension i get why they are loyal to kareem jackson but their comments about how hey there was nothing wrong with that hit and that was a good hit and it was shoulder to shoulder and all of that is that worrisome because whether or not you like or agree with the rule the rule is the rule and what does it say that so many of these bronco defensive players don't seem to understand that yeah, seen in a vacuum, the latest hit is easily the most defensible, or excuse me, the one that players can defend. Uh, if you just saw this one against Musgrave in a vacuum, that's one where you could argue and say, really, is that when you're going to eject a guy for? It's in the head or neck area, but he led with the shoulder. That one, that's definitely the one that's upset them. The one against Washington where he launched himself, I mean, there's no question about that one. The Raider one. I mean, it's a little bad luck where the guy goes down, but the guy ends up in concussion protocol. You understand because he hit his head. That's kind of the con- – it's not confusion. When I talked to, I talked to what, four or five players yesterday about this, it really comes down to a bigger issue of clarity on what is the rule, how are they supposed to change. And it's, it's, some of it's just frustration over years with it. They, they watch games, they see similar hits, and nothing happens. And now with Kareem, it seems like – Every time he does something, he's penalized and or ejected. So it just feels like that in Kareem's case to them personally in the locker room that he's being targeted now from his own targeting. So that's – and you have to understand they love Kareem. He's their captain. He's been a captain now for two years. 
He's been in the league 14 years. He has, you know, he might be the most respected guy in that locker room. I mean, I don't know that. It's a, that's just me, my opinion. But that's part of it. If it's player X that they don't know and it just come off the practice squad, when we have seen these vehement defenses of it, I seriously doubt that. It's because it's Kareem. It's because of who he is to, to that locker room. And they feel like, again, there's a lack of clarity. But, you know, it's just sometimes it's it, – again, I'm never going to tell someone not to defend their friend and their teammate – but it is a, it's sometimes it's a tough look for a team that's losing. And, it, you know, it just feels like you're, God, man, it's like the refs are against us and all that. That's, that's tough because once you start going down that path, it makes it easy to try. It makes it easy to avoid progress because it just feels like the avalanche is always coming down on you. But you have to understand it does relate specifically to the context of who Kareem Jackson is to those teammates and then to that locker room. All right, Troy, man, we appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to you later, and uh, good stuff on the reporting. Just keep going. Yeah, you got it, my man. See <laughs> Gee, thanks, Dad. Troy Rank, presented <laughs> by ROX Rocks Heating and Air.